Welcome to the PT Student Center. I am your host, Dr. Sarah Falbo, and I'm a new grad DPT helping physical therapy students just like you get through school on their first try debt free. All right, cool. Testing one, two, three. You see it in the top left? Yep, I do. Okay, cool. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the PT Student Center. Today, I have Leanna on the podcast. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. Of course. I'm pumped to have students hear your story. We'll kind of dive into what got you into PT, go through PT school, and what you're doing now is very unique. And honestly, in school, I did not think that PTs could focus on this. So I'm pumped to share that with students. But first, what got you into physical therapy in the first place? Oh, um, I guess like I, um, I've always been an athlete, but honestly, I didn't really have a lot of PT as an athlete. I maybe had like one sprained ankle that needed attention, um, and phys- at, like for physical therapy. Um, but what really got me into PT school was, uh, one of my friends in, um, in high school actually broke his neck, uh, in a skiing accident. And, um, he has an, for those students out there, probably like an Asia C or Asia D injury. Um, so he's now ambulatory, but it was the whole progress or, you know, process of essentially of seeing him go from a quadriplegic to, uh, being able to function again, then I was like, Oh man, this is like pretty sweet stuff. So, um, I actually went into PT school thinking I wanted to do spinal cord injury and more neuro-based stuff versus like an outpatient orthopedist, even though I, you know, I have always been athletic. I, I swam in college and all that kind of stuff. Um, but when I got to PT school, I was in Baltimore. So for those of you guys going to University of Maryland, Baltimore, or more of a, a city school, I quickly realized that a lot of the spinal cord patients are um, were maybe just not the best fit for me, at least in that area, right? So a lot of them were gunshot wounds, were gang members, um, and I just felt like rather uncomfortable. And I know that's not the entirety of the population, but that was like the population that we were exposed to. So I uh, I dove more into just the neuro. So stroke, uh, MS, Parkinson's, um, you know, post, you know, tumor resection surgeries. And that was essentially what I graduated and started to do. I started to do um, inpatient neuro. That's an amazing story. I did not know that about you. Um, and it's really unique, I think, going into PT school, seeing something like that. Like you must have a lot of drive behind why you want to be a PT. Um, and so I think that's really cool. What was your process of getting into school like? Was it just straight from undergrad? Um, did you have some time? Yeah, I went straight through. I literally graduated. I So there was a week between like finishing classes and our graduation, right? It's graduation week. I missed it because I was moving from Ohio to Baltimore because the, like, it was like that week after graduation, I started summer, you know, our summer anatomy intensive. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't have a break. Um, looking back, I don't know if I would have taken one or gone through. It's still one of those things where I'm like, I'm not upset that I, I did what I did. Um, 
And let's see, getting like the process of applying and getting in, I had a ton of like volunteer or observation hours under my belt. And I think that's like what really helped me kind of solidify a spot in school. Um, Like I had over 200 hours on multiple different settings, you know? So um, the process of actually applying and getting into school was relatively, I think, easier than a lot of students have it. Um, You know, I, I, I was accepted the first time. I didn't have to you know, wait a year and reapply, or I didn't have to, you know, retake any classes or anything like that. Um, you know, so I think it was definitely breezier than most. And, but to transition directly a week after, so first of all, you missed your undergrad graduation in Ohio. I I didn't miss it. I just missed like the celebratory week. Like, yeah. Okay. So you got to, you got to walk, you missed the celebratory week and then you, moved like in that whole time did you move the day after you graduated did you like graduate then get in the car and go yeah I moved like all my stuff like the week that everybody was like celebrating we came back had graduation and then I moved like almost directly after graduation I think I started like that Tuesday or Wednesday I think it was like middle of the week thing but pretty much moved into my apartment and started PT school and how was PT school compared to undergrad for you? Because I know, so of course your summer semester might have just been anatomy. So I don't know, you know, how that was laid out for you as well. It's different for every program. Yeah. So my summer, I picked one of the reasons I really wanted University of Maryland, Baltimore, and I'm not sure if they're continued to structure this way is they were blocked. Mm. So we didn't have like all these different like electives or classes. And so it was very like, even though it was intense, right? It was very easy to organize your schedule. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, oh, you had a week of tests. No, it was like, you know, you had a test like every couple of weeks or something like that. Um, so, um, anatomy, like I wouldn't, how do I say this? Like it was intense by the amount of information I was required to like, know within such a short period of time for anatomy. Right. I think we only had like an eight, eight week block of anatomy. Maybe it was a 12, maybe they had just extended it to like a 10 week block, but it was, it was, you know, a little bit of a shocker, but in terms of like the actual, like amount of knowledge, I was like, don't think it was anything different than college. It was just like, it was like shortened <laughs> and like, oh, yeah. condensed. You just got to fit all of this information. I felt like that's how all summer, the whole summers were summer yeah. cl- classes were like that. It was just like short, but I had taken summer classes before. So I think maybe it just didn't come as like a huge shock to me. Um, I didn't take, I had taken, you know, basically I think physics one and physics two over the summer. And those are like essentially eight week blocks or six week blocks of course classes. So I think I had just a little bit more, I wouldn't say experience, but had just been in that situation before. Yeah, Um, definitely. Um, and it is laid out differently. Like the blocks is not something that is universal to PT schools across the country for students who are listening. And you're like, wait, what is she talking about? There are some programs who are blocked out like this. And there are some where you have like a lot of classes all at once. So it depends on what program you're in. Yeah. And I think um, I did a lot of research, like figuring that out. Like that was one of my big things asking. I was like, how was your curriculum delivered? Um 
And that was one of the things. And so like, as I kind of narrowed down what schools I wanted to go to, I really kept those that had more of a blocked scheduling. Mm, Yeah. If that works for you, you guys listening too. if that works for you, go find what works for you. You know, Uh, it's important to think about because I know when I was looking, I didn't really understand that they were laid out differently. I was like, oh, it's PT school. You know, it should be just universal and you should just go through it the same, but it's not. So same outcome maybe, but different process of getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so throughout PT school, what would you say one of your biggest challenges was in your entire uh, two to three year time there? Uh, that's really, it's a really hard question for me for to answer. Cause I feel like I dissociate pretty well from like things that are a little traumatic. So it's like, people are like, yeah, wasn't PT school like rough. And I'm like, you know, I don't really remember it being that rough, but I do remember there being times where like I, you know, was very panicked about a practical or did cry because of stress or whatever it was, but, um, nothing that like sticks out to me as like, oh my gosh, that was like the most, like, that was a really hard experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And that's what you said though. People dissociate. I feel the same way, you know, like I remember certain times and certain feelings, but I don't remember like details of what happened all the time because it was just something where you kind of like live day by day sometimes. And sometimes you cry. Sometimes you don't remember how, how, you know, your practical went. Um, It can be kind of intense, but of course everyone's experience is going to be different. Um, And did you know what you wanted to do after PT school? Um, yeah, I really wanted to work outpatient neuro. Um, so in, at least in Baltimore, there's several like outpatient neuro centers, like, um, you know, there's one at NRH, which is the national rehab hospital in DC. There's one, there's one in Baltimore. It's called Kernan. Um, I wanted to, and they also have like inpatient parts to them. Right. But I really wanted to work in the outpatient neuro part of that, um, either one of those facilities and, um, I applied. Unfortunately, I did not get a position. Um, so some of my other classmates got positions there, which I was like a little like, why, why, why not me? But, um, I ended up in an inpatient neuro uh, position in the, my last clinical. So my last clinical was at a hospital system in Annapolis, Maryland. And I ended up um, applying and getting a job there. And I worked inpatient neuro and I, I mean, we floated floors, but it was primarily neuro. And how long did you end up doing that? What was, I guess, here's the real question though. This is what people ask a lot. They say, what did you expect new grad life to be like? And what was it really like for you? Um, well, it was awesome to finally get a paycheck that was like more than just a couple hundred dollars. Right. I was like, Whoa, that's real nice. Um, So it was really nice to have like, obviously money coming in. Um, uh, I don't, I think because I went to a place that I was familiar with and I knew how it already ran and I had a really great CI and had really great support system there already. Um, And our clinicals were also like 12 weeks long. So it wasn't like I was there for nine weeks, like barely able to know, like I really had developed already like friendships and relationships. Um, My transition was very easy. Um, I think if I would have picked a place that I hadn't been already, could definitely see how the transition would be harder or, you know, outpatient was my very first clinical. So, you know, I think our first clinicals, you're not 
require to do as much caseload, right? You're like, what, 50% caseload for the most part for your first clinical. And then by the last clinical, you're 100% caseload. So I think maybe going back to outpatient would have been a little bit rough because I don't know if I would have been able to carry that 100 or the demands also like 10 years ago, the demands on PTs were way different than the demands now on a new grad coming into, um, to a job. Like you're expected almost to like start and have a hundred percent caseload and like, just fly by the seat of your pants. Now I feel like there's really like at some jobs, you know what I mean? Um, and that can be a really, really rough transition. Um, so like, I think if I had done that, if I had gone to an outpatient clinic versus like my, what I had kind of ended off on, um, which was an inpatient and, uh, already kind of knowing like, you know, where everything is, the nurses, like every, it was just so much easier. So I pretty much picked off, picked up where I left off. I just didn't have anybody like following me around. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Your CI is not signing off on your notes. You're like a big girl now and your big girl job. And the thing is, it doesn't have to be hard. I always ask this because it's not hard for everybody. I think hearing your experience can show students how it can be easier if, if they enjoyed their last clinical and, you know, you're familiar with the place and you're like, hey, this would actually be a good place for me. You can totally do that. Like, that's a great option for you. Um, And so that's why I enjoy hearing everybody's response to this, too, because I just graduated like almost two years ago. So it, it's interesting. I feel like I'm still in that as well, like new grad ish life. Yeah. Yeah. It does not have to be hard. And I've kind of always had this mentality in my life that if it's hard, like if it's like, if you feel like you're swimming against the current, it may not be the time for you. Like it may not be the thing for you. It may not be the place for you. Um, like we're not, I mean, there are hard times in life. Don't get me wrong. But if you feel like you're constantly swimming against the current, like maybe check some things at the door. Yeah, exactly. So I appreciate you sharing what your experience was like. And then you stayed at that clinic for how long? And like, you know, what kind of got you to where you are now? Yeah. So I stayed inpatient for longer than the quote unquote year that they're like staying inpatient for at least a year. I don't know if that's still like the recommendation, but I stayed there for about two and a half years for at full-time capacity. And then I stayed for like another year and a half at PRN and, um, and I did some evening like joint floor stuff, um, kind of picked up where they needed help. Um, but when I left there, I moved to an outpatient neuro facility, um, in DC, that was very short lived just because the commute from Annapolis to DC is atrocious. So again, if you feel like you're constantly swimming against the current, it may not be for you. Right. I just dreaded that commute and the traffic. And it was just, I couldn't get into a good routine with it. And then also my dog like hated it. Oh my gosh. He never used to get into the trash at all. And I'd come home and the trash would be like everywhere. Like, I'm just saying like, guys, like if it's not fitting, just take a, take a, take a step back and reevaluate. Right. Um, but I'm really thankful for that job because I was a kind of exposed to what I do now. 
um, there was a concussion clinic there and I started to learn a lot of con about concussion treatment. And then with concussion concussions comes a lot of TMD or, or, or jaw pain, you know, jaw dysfunction. So uh, there was a, somebody there at that clinic that also treated TM, TMD. And I was like, oh, I was like, I very vaguely remember that two hour lecture lab combined in PT school, like sometime during second year. And, uh, but I had never seen it put into action. Right. Um, so when I left that clinic and I went to specific, just straight outpatient orthopedics, I think I worked for a corporate company at the time. Um, I really thought I was like, Oh, let me figure out, let me do I really wanted to do more concussion TMD, like more, still more like head stuff, essentially like neuro, um, but just in a different way. Um, and at the time I started dating and married my husband who uh, is an orthodontist. Uh, so I, gradu I gradually gravitated more towards the, <laughs> the jaw pain, um, which is, which is cool because I, I personally have had TMD for, you know, since probably, uh, you know, adolescence, right. Uh, just a lot of popping, clicking, not like any severe pain or anything like that. But, um, so between meeting him and marrying him and then also having, you know, doing my dry needling course, I realized, Oh, there's just way more that we can offer people with TMD than we learn in school. Tons more. And so when we moved, we relocated to Connecticut and I thought, this is kind of where I'm going to do. There's nobody here really treating it very well. You know, I have an in with a lot of professionals here, dentists, you know, oral surgeons, you know, my husband's an orthodontist. There's other orthodontists here and just really try and help this patient population. That's just very much ignored. Um, and so I spent maybe four years here. I, I had a job. It was a nice, it was a very different. I was at an outpatient orthopedic clinic, mom and pop shop. Uh, so privately owned. It was a very great experience. Loved the people, but um, I just couldn't really kind of grow the way that I wanted to grow for this patient population, right? I still was required to see the, you know, shoulders and this and that. And it was hard to have them stay on my schedule. Uh, unfortunately, I had signed an or non-compete clause for a year. So I do like, as you're looking for jobs, you know, make sure you understand your non-compete clauses because when you do leave, um, you need to respect those, you know, I'm sure people do push the boundaries, but just respect them. Uh, you don't really want to burn any bridges, especially if you're in a smaller community, which I am. So I uh, took a job at a um, physician-owned practice. So I've kind of, in my outpatient career, hit all of them, hospital-based, <laughs> corporate, mom and pop, um, and then uh, physician-owned. And it was a really great job. I, I honestly, um, for a physician-owned practice, it was very easy, very well run. Like, I think we've talked about this before at some point, but like, I've really been blessed with a lot of very easy, um, chill jobs, uh, but I still couldn't get to the patient population that I wanted to treat, uh, as easily as I thought that I would be able to, if I opened my own place. So shortly after, uh, my one year was up, 
I decided to open my own practice. So I now have my own outpatient, primarily just head neck clinic. So it's, you know, any whiplash injuries, upper, um, you know, upper extremity radiculopathies, TMD concussion. Uh, I even do what's called myofunctional therapy. So this is for, you know, children and adults pre or post tongue tie and also for airway issues. So you do something that in PT school, I did not think PTs did. I mean, I understood like, obviously we could treat a jaw like you did in out in your outpatient clinic that you worked at where you saw a shoulder, a knee, you know, like somebody who had those different joint issues. And then maybe you would see somebody who has jaw pain like once a week or less. And you tried to get your jaw pain patients to get on your schedule. And I understand because I was in a mom and pop outpatient clinic. Like you just have to see the patients that come in. Like it's just difficult um, unless you're on your own. And so that's cool that after your non-compete was up, you went out, you did the thing. When was that? Like, was that in the last couple of years? Yeah, I uh, went out on my own October, 2021. And now as we're recording this, it is March, 2023. So what did you think entrepreneurship was going to be like? And what has it really been like? Um, I remember when I, when my husband and I decided that this was something that I should do, um, I remember being like, it's okay. It'll only be three months until I'm like kind of at my salary. I'll be great. It'll be just three months. And my husband just looked at me and he goes, you are so naive to this whole situation. Um, But I, I think also my story when it comes to opening my business is a very different story than I think a lot of people have as well. Um, You know, I, again, like if you're fighting the current, like you're not in the right uh, you're not on the right path essentially is what I, how I feel. So, um, you know, there was a lot of, uh, let's see, my husband was like, Oh, I don't think you should take cash. I think you should take insurance. Uh, you know, I don't think you should niche down. You should definitely just be this, you know, all in, you know, orthopedist, you know, orthopedic clinic. And so I did that for like three months and like, I also opened in fourth quarter. So I think fourth quarter in general is just usually rough, but, um, come like January, I said, you know what, this isn't working. I was like, I need to niche down. So I niche down, I hired some coaching and by like six months in, that's when I really started to have more of a a big revenue push. Um, so, and, um, I do recommend hiring coaching, especially if, uh, in some capacity, you know, I think it's very helpful, especially if you have no idea what you're doing, which I didn't. So in terms of running a business, like we don't learn business in PT school. Um, so or you have that one business class and you're like, this is business quote unquote, you know? Yeah. I'm like, okay, great. Right. You know, marketing, how do you market? Oh, yeah. like- <laughs> so anyway, but I like, So I think like I had a very like unrealistic expectation going in that I think was very, um, I was rudely awakened after like about three months. I think I started getting frustrated because I was like, this isn't working. Um, But what looking back, it was just like, I wasn't doing any of the right things. And it honestly takes a little bit of time, right? So um, 
by six months, I was being very productive. And by a year I had, I mean, I'll share the numbers, but by a year I had, uh, I had made a hundred K in my, my business. So that was gross, not necessarily net, but yeah. That's amazing. And that's a number that students don't even necessarily understand that they could achieve on their own. A lot of students not saying entrepreneurship is for everybody, but like the freedom that comes with it and the flexibility um, with the hard work, obviously, it took a year of hard work to get to that point. But like, wow, that's really awesome that you did it and you get to treat the patients you want to be treating. You get to treat jaw pain all day, every day in outpatient in your own space on your own time. Yep, I do. I can make my own schedule like, you know, I'm able to take time off whenever I want. I'm not asking somebody for time off or hoping that somebody else doesn't have the same request, you know, um, around the holidays. It's fact, actually, I, there was two times in my business where I was like, why am I doing this to myself? It was when I was like, I was seeing clients at like 8am and I was having a really hard getting to work on time for 8am. I was like, why, why am I having such a hard time? And I'm like, because I never took the 8am slots at any other job. I would always be, I would always roll in at nine, 10, like work the later shifts. And I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? I don't have to come in at eight. I don't have to say that I'm open at eight. <laughs> like, and I used to think, but I'm like, if I don't have an eight, eight AM slot, like someone's not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna be able to help that one person. My business has not suffered since I took away my eight. <laughs> but no, I'm sure it does even better. You have people who don't want to come in at 8 a.m. Just like you don't want to come in at 8 a.m., you know? Yeah. And and uh, the other thing was when I decided to work the three days between Christmas and New Year's, I was like, why did I do this to myself? So I made the mental note next year that I'm not working between Christmas and New Year's. Like, what? why did I do that? <laughs> not even worth it. <laughs> Patients don't want to come in either. I think people came in, but I think it was just because like everybody was so sick this Christmas. I don't know if you experienced the oh, same thing. Yeah. Everybody was so sick that I ended up canceling like half of my days. And I was like, why? I should have not, not have even opened. Yeah. Well, look, now you know for 2023, none of that. <laughs> it is. It is really nice to like have your own schedule and and whatnot. Yeah. And I think I was in just so you guys know, like this is my business is just niched. Yeah. Like this isn't, this isn't like, you know, or the orthopedics, you have like this huge, like span of people who need help and are looking for good quality care. Um, you know, I feel like there's probably more people with TMJD that than whoever gets to me, but it's a very small population compared to other orthopedic injuries. So if I can do it niche down with such a small niche of people, like, you can do it with a larger niche. Yeah. Or if you want to be specific in some other niche, who knows what you want to do, but like you can do it. If, if Leanna can do it with jaw pain, you can do it with whatever. Okay. Exactly. I think even like lymphedema is a big one now, like oncology. So people, if you have that and you like, I don't know, any niche, you can do it. Yeah. That's really awesome. Um, If you could talk to your past self in school, in PT school, what would you say to her? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's a hard question. I'm laughing at this because I am so different than my PT school self because I literally remember people being like, 
don't you want to open your own business? And I was like, hell no, hell no. I'm not being that person. I'm not open my own business. I'm going to work for somebody for forever. I don't want the headache. So like, if I could go back to my P and tell my PT school self, something is just, it's just do it from the get go. Like, I mean, obviously I needed, I personally needed the journey. Um, and I'm glad I did the journey, but like when I moved to Connecticut, I wish I had, would have just done it. Like I had a little bit of trouble finding jobs and, um, I had even said, maybe I should just open my own thing, but we weren't financially really able to do that. I did need to carry a job. Um, but I think if I could go back to my PT school self, it'd just be like, it's not as bad as you're thinking it is. You know, it's not as bad. It's not as bad. Just do it. I love that piece of advice. I feel like a lot of students relate to that. They hear, that's the thing. There's the students who are like, yes, entrepreneurship. And then there's the students who are like, no, God, no. But later on end up doing it anyway for one reason or another. And so I appreciate you sharing that, um, that you didn't want to do it initially. That's totally yeah. fine. That's like, ugh, people will learn along the way, whatever's meant for them. And just so you guys know, like in my business groups, like there are people who start in their fifties and sixties. Like it's also never too late yeah. like ever. So, I mean, if it's what you want to do, great. If you find out later, it's not what you, it, it is what you want to do. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Um, if a student wants to reach out to you and learn more, where would they reach out to you? Yeah, um, they can follow me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram at the current moment is at healthy underscore heads underscore PT. Um, just FYI, that probably will be um, changing soon. I am rebranding my Instagram. Um but you can also search my name, Liana, L-I-A-N-A, Sved, S-V-E-T, which I'm sure she has in the cap. You will have in the caption somewhere on Instagram. Also, you can reach out at my email, which is drsved at reviveptct.com. Awesome. I heard a little birdie told me you might be looking for some help at your clinic. I so. am here. That little birdie was very truthful to you. <laughs> Um, yes, I am. You know, I'm, you know, this is such a needed field. Um, and I am maxed out and I get referrals all the time. And I would love to have a PT on staff who can help me with those referrals as well as do whatever else they want to do. Right. So you don't have to do just jaw or just heads, but if you wanted to explore something else and make it your own, that is also available too. Um, but yes, I am looking for an in-person PT, um, who would like to maybe explore this realm of physical therapy and learn what it's all about. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, Leanna. It was so good to talk to you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah. Of course. We'll catch you on the flip side. Yep. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the PT Student Center. If you could leave a review, it would mean the world to me. It helps spread the word about the podcast so more people can actually get on their way to getting through PT school on their first try debt-free. If you want to know more about the PT Student Center, go and check us out at ptstudentcenter.com and on the socials at PT Student Center.
Do you ever wish you could remember everything forever? You can learn more in less time by using Picmonic to pass your classes, exams, and even the NPTE. With Picmonic's innovative learning platform, it's research proven to increase your long-term memory by 330% and your exam scores by 50%. Picmonic has entertaining short stories that are really memorable. They have unique graphics to make a story out of those tough topics that you're learning in PT school. You can use the code gratitude for 20% off or click the link in the description. That's G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E for 20% off or click the link in the description.